When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is Danny Korchmar talking to you. You're listening to Pantheon Podcasts. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff here. Welcome back to another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. We are brought to you by the good folks at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased, as always, to be part of this Pantheon Podcast network, always growing, available on Spotify, iTunes, and over 40 other podcast platforms. All right. So this episode, um, this is episode 81. We are calling this Novelty Singles, colon, Not My Style. Novelty Singles, Not My Style. Now, I've been thinking a lot about what makes a good hit single these days, and there's a whole lot of things, and I think I think I might have a couple or three episodes uh, out of this, maybe even more. Um, but I, I thought I would narrow it down and talk about a specific topic in terms of a band having not only a hit single, but a hit single that is considered a little bit of novelty. Now, what is a novelty single? Well, I mean, the key definition or the early definition of a novelty single is something like The Trash Man, Surfing Bird, um, Monster Mash by Boris Pickett, uh, They Call Him the Streak, Take This Job and Shove It, all these songs that are kind of comedic for one reason or another even arthur brown fire for that for that uh you know just for just for having something funny and strange about it something that is instantly pop in a in a pop culture context maybe a funny vocal a funny sound um so there's lots of reasons a band can have a novelty single, um, possibly, you know, the lyrics they talk about in there, whether it's an interesting story, even a catchphrase. Some of these, frankly, are, uh, you know, the the sources of other episodes I might do on this. And there's even a band or two that I might do a whole band-dedicated uh, episode on. But this episode, called Novelty Singles, Not My Style... What we have here are examples uh, that I'm going to play and then other examples that I will cite of bands uh, having a hit single that is not in their style. And I think in all of these cases, you could argue that it is so far out of their style that uh, there is a novelty aspect to it. Like one of the reasons this is a hit single is the idea of hearing this band do something uh, so far out of their style. Um, and I've, I've kind of themed them in clumps. Uh, let's, take a, let's take a listen to the first one. Uh, this is Kiss with Hard Luck Woman. Take a listen. If never I met you I'd never have seen you cry Never I held you My feelings were never 
All right. So what is interesting here is I didn't want to pick Beth by Kiss because that is that is the ultimate one that everybody knows. Essentially, it's uh, it's an orchestrated, no drums, but the drummer sings it, Peter Chris. So it's a little bit like Frank Beard being the only guy in ZZ Top without a beard. So here's the drummer not playing drums, but singing it, singing a hit single when the key vocalists in the band are, are Paul Stanley and Gene Simmons. And... Um, what what it allowed to have happen is the idea of the thirst for having Kiss on the radio. Uh, it's a bit of a two way street, but Beth was so mellow that it was a, it was able to be put on the radio. It was a very maudlin song. So so they came back to the well again with Hard Luck Woman, and essentially I think Garth Brooks actually covered this later on. But anyways. Hard Luck Woman is them, is Kiss basically cynically coming back to the well and saying, okay, well, let's, let's actually have Peter sing it again because, you know, hey, that, that, that's what made Destroyer such a big album was, is this novelty hit off of that. So here we have, um, Peter Chris coming back and, uh, and singing this song off of Rock and Roll Over 1976, just like uh, Destroyer. Um, but what we have here is a, an acoustic rock song. Uh, it's got a beat to it and it sounds a lot like a Rod Stewart song like Maggie Mae because you know the light bulb goes off that Peter Chris sounds a lot like Rod Stewart he's got an amazing voice and he's a good singer I, I think they should have used, utilized him more I mean granted he was used a fair bit but so this I consider um, an example of a, a band having a novelty single not in my style based on mellowness so here is a band going much lighter than they usually play, and uh, and they're getting a novelty hit out of it. And uh, in this realm, I always thought uh, Kansas Dust in the Wind fits here too, because that's that's essentially a folk song played by a pretty loud and dramatic progressive rock band, one of the rare progressive rock bands from the 70s who's actually from the states um you know and other other examples cited all the time are things like extreme more than words because extreme is a is a pretty heavy hair metal band you know funky hair metal band just a good hair metal band uh, with a lot to offer and here they are having this completely um mellow song and it almost becomes a little bit of a millstone around their neck because um you know i i remember a lot of apocryphal stories of people like you know records like this people returning the album saying this isn't what i what i bargained for i wanted an album with 11 more than words on it um so that's an interesting one uh black sabbath it's all right now you know we're moving away from the idea of uh well we're we're actually moving a little bit more away from the idea of it actually being a smash hit single. Um, uh, but we're still in novelty. And Black Sabbath, um, so Black Sabbath didn't exactly have hits with these super mellow songs, but they were very novelty. I mean, people thought of the likes of Changes, of course, with uh, with Piano, Piano and Ozzy. It's almost like a gospel song. And It's All Right is sung by Bill Ward, but it's almost like a Beatles sort of song. And it's a pretty... Uh, you know, I mean, I mean, it's a little bit, it's a little bit mournful, but it's also a pretty happy melody at the same time. And obviously, it's, it's, you know, way different than than everything on uh, on technical ecstasy, right? Um, 
So Black Sabbath is a good example of a band that would do this novelty thing with mellowness. Um, another one I always thought that kind of fit this idea uh, that was a hit is uh, Bachman Turner Overdrive with with Blue Collar, uh, because Rich um, Richie uh, Randy always had this um, this sort of jazziness that, that he wanted to bring out every once in a while, and this is a this is a true jazz song. And it has a very jazzy guitar solo. And um, and so this is Bachman Turner Overdrive doing something very different from what they did. We just recently had an episode of how they were one of the most Southern rock bands of all time, even though they're from Canada. Um, but, but you know, BTO, uh, they, they're another band that's actually a good case study in this idea of novelty singles that I could almost do a whole band thing on. And, and with them, it's more like catchphrases, uh, like taking care of business and rolling down the highway and and stuff like that right um but blue collar is a is a true novelty single for the band because it's like that goes on the radio and the and the hard rock and bto classic rock fans go ha ha hey you like uh, bto don't you uh well that jazz song is by this hard rock band blah blah oh look how versatile they are and stuff like that right so different different emotional things come to mind when you hear these novelty hits um you know, you're glad to hear your band on the radio, um, but, um, you know, you don't like the song so much, but it's almost like a mischievous little trick, right? Uh, and, and I think Blue Collar definitely fits that. Another one that, that kind of fits in this as well, I thought, in terms of this this first theme, this mellowness, is um, Blue Oyster Cult with Don't Fear the Reaper. Um, you know, they had done a few kind of mellowy things across the black and white period, but, but, but never this kind of well-produced and never a birdsy song. So, this is a bit of a novelty song in that, in a number of ways, it's birdsy. So people always talked about it as having this birds feel to it. Um, it's the most kind of like they've changed their sound quite a bit, uh, moving into Agents of Fortune, and this is probably the most changed one. Um, it's also novelty because of the garish subject matter. Don't fear the reaper. It's called with the with the messy you know parentheses around it, but it's about death and dying and suicide and Romeo and Juliet and stuff. So that's another reason. Cowbell, another reason, but um, no, just generally, um, generally this this fits the theme of wow, look at Blue Oyster Cult doing something that we can play on the radio as programmers and DJs and stuff. Um, so it, it does have a bit of a novelty feel uh, about it. I thought. Uh, okay, let's move on. Take a listen to our second example here on episode eighty-one: novelty singles, not my style. This is the Osmonds with Crazy Horses. Fighting everywhere. Every tongue got to stop them crazy horses on the run. What a show that they go smoking up the sky. Yeah. Racing horses all got riders and they you and I. Crazy horses. Okay, so the theme here is heaviness. This, this is bands who are, aren't normally doing heavy metal, playing something heavy and having a novelty hit with it. And this is totally what happens with this Osmond song. This was a big sensation back in, I think it's around, boy, when is it? 1973? Somewhere around there. I keep thinking of my KTEL compilation albums, right? Um, so this was, this was quite a novelty and it's a great riff and it's a great heavy song. It's one of the, I think it's the only song that Jay Osmond sings. It's actually an environmental songs about car polluting song about cars polluting um great riff heavy great vocal on it great groove to it too um 
But, you know, the apocryphal example of this idea is is possibly the Beatles with Helter Skelter. That's a bit of a novelty song uh, for the Beatles because it's so crazy heavy. And I've often thought, I, I, I thought of doing a whole episode on this as well. I don't think I have, but this idea of... Um, Bands kind of uh, force-feeding you through this novelty hit status, some heavy metal, and proving that heavy metal is an interesting thing that a lot of people can like and might like if you if you gave it a chance. A um, perfect example of that is Heart Barracuda. It's their heaviest song. It was a hit, right? It's not supposed to be a hit, right? Um, you know, the radio world and, and mainstream world would tell you that you're not supposed to have a hit with heavy metal, so they make their heavy metalist song ever, and it's a hit. It's a novelty hit, right? Um, I remember Jefferson Starship, Jane, feeling that way. Certain things from Pat Benatar, Heartbreaker. Um, Dire Straits' Money for Nothing is an interesting example in, in this field. Dire Straits had this very cool, smooth, even sound. You know, um, Mark Knopfler. Uh, 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 what's the other? I'm not forgetting their names. Anyways, the idea of this... Uh, of this um, yeah, yeah, Mark Knopfler's the main guy. What am I thinking? Because there's a David Knopfler too, right? Um, but they had this um, very interesting new sound that they came up with across those first couple of albums, and then they kept the sound. But but it's this uh, this interesting acoustic Spanish guitar flamenco thing on these poppy songs with kind of Bob Dylan-esque singing. Uh, but Money for Nothing is a novelty hit because of Sting being in it, because of the MTV little tag in it. Uh, the lyric is kind of funny, Money for Nothing. It's a little cantankerous. It's a little bit like a Neil Young song, but... I think one of the main reasons this is a novelty hit is is Mark Knopfler turns on his distortion pedal and plays this, quite frankly, really boring riff. Um, but again, I think because it's them being heavy, they're getting a little novelty hit out of it. Um, but yeah, I mean, back to Osmond's uh, Tank covered that song, Pretty Maids, The Mission, Lawnmower Death, Neil Morse, The Frames, KMFDM covered it, Alex Harvey, Sensational Alex Harvey Band, Tiger Tales, that was one of those UK uh, hair metal bands. So uh, evidently a lot of people realized and, and recognized this. And, you know, back to my KTEL various albums, this this kind of goes in a whole nother episode, but remember Focus with Hocus Pocus, that's a Dutch prog band doing this super heavy, awesome heavy metal riff. But the main reason that song was a novelty hit was because of the yodeling. Um, but even, even Brownsville Station, you know, we're, we're on these records with like smoking in the boys room. And, you know, we would we would stupidly rush out and buy those Brownsville Station albums, and they weren't that heavy. Um, they were kind of like a retro rock and roll band, but that was one of their heavier tunes. And um, but that's also a novelty hit because of the catch line smoking in the boys room. Right. Uh, OK, so let's take a break and we'll be back with number three. Um, yeah, be right back. All right, back with our number three example of novelty singles, not my style. Episode 81. Take a listen to this. This is the Rolling Stones with Miss You. Okay, so the theme here is um, bands doing disco. Now, that could be a whole episode or two or three. 
Um, but you know, disco became a big thing in the late seventies and these bands where this disco thing was not their style. Many, many of them, uh, tried their hand at disco and truly, truly, truly had novelty hit singles with it. Obviously the biggest example from our world that everybody thinks of is Kiss with, with I Was Made for Loving You from uh, Dynasty 1979. But Rod Stewart, Do You Think I'm Sexy, was a, was a massive hit, and that's a disco song. Uh, Rolling Stones themselves um, participated with the likes of Hot Stuff, which is maybe more funk. I love Hot Stuff. Great song. Dance as well. Um, a band I just did a book on that is now sadly sold out, uh, Angel. Um, you know, kind of a hard proggy band. They turned a little power pop, but they tried a flagrantly disco song called 20th Century Foxes in conjunction with Giorgio Moroder. Uh, even The Clash, Train in Vain. I love Train in Vain, but it's a disco song. Uh, Queen is another huge example. Another one bites the dust. Spoiler alert, I think I'm going to do a whole episode on Queen and novelty singles, so I'm not going to talk more about that. ELO, Electrolyte Orchestra, we, we know um, they uh, got involved with disco quite a lot. Even a band like Krautrock Amandul too. You listen to some of their later stuff. They did some really disco-y things. And I believe Lucifer's Friend does some disco-y sort of things. Um, obviously, Bee Gees is a huge example. Bee Gees is like one of the hugest disco bands of all time. But obviously, they didn't start with disco. Because uh, they, they were, you know, they were heavy-duty songwriters starting like in the mid-60s, late 60s. So they made a lot of stuff before uh, they discovered disco. Um few other just uh, random examples. Your Eye Heap, What Do You Say from Fallen Angel, 1978. Bad Company, Rhythm Machine from 1979's Des- Desolation Angels. Uh, Nazareth, Expect No Mercy, heavy metal song on a disco beat. Russ Ballard on the rebound, uh, which Your Eye Heap covered. Little disco-y. David Bowie, uh, Let's Dance. You know, that's considered a little bit of a disco-y, uh, you know, phase that he went through. Not really, but Let's Dance is the most disco-y thing there. Um, Kinks Superman, uh, total disco song off of a low budget album I really love. Alice Cooper, You Gotta Dance. Um, he tried a little bit of disco. At this point, him and Cheryl were actually living in New York and, and going to the discos and stuff. He was turning into Mr. Social Butterfly, Disco Butterfly guy uh, during this phase. And Grateful Dead, Shakedown Street, total disco uh, song. So there's a lot of examples of a lot of bands who who tried this, and uh, you know a fair number of those were true novelty hits. They fit they fit the theme of this uh, of this episode 81. Novelty singles, not my style. Uh, you know, and I'm I'm looking at this list. I would say the big ones uh, that felt that way. Um, King Superman really stands out as, as that, um, you know, this is a band who had various hits for various reasons. Some of them were kind of novelty, like Lola's a little novelty, uh, low budgets, a little novelty just because of the, um, uh, the contemporaneous of the theme of, uh, the recession, right? Lola is is uh, cross dressing, right? So that was a little bit of a uh, a novelty thing with that. Uh, but yeah, Superman, total disco song. Um, all right, let's move on. Um, Take a listen to this, number four. This is Led Zeppelin with uh, Dire Maker, or Dear Marker, or however you're supposed to uh, pronounce it. Take a listen.
Okay, so we're getting a little away from the idea of it being a novelty single or a novelty hit, uh, put it that way, because, um, you know, this was this was not a particularly big single, but it was kind of a standout single track from this album a little bit. Um, no Quarter obviously was a big song off of uh, Houses of the Holy as well. Um, but this is the song everybody remembers as the one time Led Zeppelin tried reggae right um it's funny uh carousel ambra uh, is considered a little bit disco-y um you know back to the old theme but no this is the reggae song right so so this is truly um uh, a novelty song for led zeppelin led zeppelin doesn't have a lot of novelty songs but come to think of it i, I could probably come up with five examples of novelty songs uh for led zeppelin gallows pole's a little novelty poor tom's a little novelty ah immigrant song little novelty so maybe they got a few right um but uh but this is considered the led zeppelin reggae song now reggae is a thing that uh, also rolling stones participated in this as well with cherry oh baby probably the most reggae song they ever did hey negrita a little bit um reggae luxury definitely quite uh quite reggae um you know uh, mick jagger would adopt a disco guise for the disco songs and he definitely adopts a uh reggae patois uh for for some of this uh, reggae-ish kind of stuff just to you know double down on the point i suppose uh elvis costello watching the detectives the clash White Man and Hammersmith Palais, London Calling, Rudy Can't Fail, Stranglers with Peaches. So when you're getting into these, um, you know, these new wave and punk bands, punk and reggae went together pretty well. Remember, there was the Slits, X-Ray Specs, uh, not to mention UB40, uh, not to mention all the whole two-tone craze with the specials and uh, madness and all that. So there was a big reggae crossover. Reggae was a big thing. Also, it had a, an, a late 60s period where it was a big deal in the UK. So it's not surprising, but... Um, but yeah, you know, definitely um, these were these were novelty hits. I mean, watching the detectives is a novelty hit. You know, interesting title too, right? Uh, but the Clash, you could consider all of these things. Not Rudy can't fail, but White Man and Hammersmith Palais and London Calling, both hits that were hits for us. You know, some portion of the reason they were hits is the novelty of the Clash doing reggae. So there you go. Uh, Phil Phil Linet, uh, solo in Soho. A reggae, a reggae song there as well. So when he, you know, went over to his solo career, he tried some of these things. He tried, you know, maybe a few things that are a little disco-y. Oh, what's that one song? Uh, uh, anyways, there, there's definitely a disco-y one. I'm going to use one also in my next example. Um, uh, or, or our next theme uh, for our last one. But, uh, you know, and funny, everybody in our headbanging heavy metal world remembers Judas Priest uh, throwing it a little in a little reggae into the rage. And then, of course, you've got Rush by way of the police um, doing a little bit of reggae here and there. But also, I could almost argue for you that New World Man is a little bit of a novelty hit because a couple of things, uh, definitely the reggae-ness, the Stuart Copeland copelandness of the drumming and also that quirky synthesizer sound it's also a short short song but really more so than anything um i would say that's a novelty single for rush because of just the package of its policeness more than anything all right moving on um in our episode 81 novelty singles not my style take a listen to this this is Yes with Owner of a Lonely Heart. Shake. 
All right. So our theme here is a little bit of a more complicated one. It's synthesizers. It's 80s production values. It's drum machines. It's techno touches. And um, so here's Yes clearly playing in a style that is not their style. They are a big quintessentially 70s analog prog rock band playing long songs, complicated songs, psychedelic, acoustic, swirling, odd time signatures. So when this came out on 90210, 90210, yeah, uh, <laughs> I, always say, uh, I always worry that I'm going to say 9021, whatever. Anyways, huge album. It was a massive, massive album for their, them. It's their most successful album. I believe it's three times platinum. This is 1983. Um, this was the lead single from it, and it shocked everybody. It is a true, true novelty hit for yes uh they have a few other things you could argue are a little bit novelty i i always think of roundabout as being a little bit novelty because of its uh memorable bass part and bass line um uh, you know, and just prog bands even having a song short enough to play on the radio was always a bit of a novelty. You think of ELP Lucky Man, that's a little novelty for them as well, because um, it's not their style, right? Um, but the big thing about Owner of a Lonely Heart is it's kind of hard rocky, so you've got, you've got uh, you know, loud distorted electric guitar coming out of this new guy in the band, Trevor Rabin. Um, you've also got a very, uh, spare and tight and tidy police-like 4-4 beat, uh, like a Stuart Copeland beat. Um, and you've got, um, lots of synthesizer stabs and sounds and weirdness going on. Um, so this absolutely was a shocking novelty song for Yes. Like, plainly, it was a hit single because it was a novelty song in so many ways, and it was just shocking to hear something like this out of Yes. And everybody was kind of ready for the new decade and to see what, you know, how bands would uh, adapt to all of this new technology. And Yes is showing here that they're just diving in uh, with both feet. Um, and there's and there's more of this stuff across this great great album, but there's also some pretty proggy stuff too. But it's basically a huge stadium rock album that uses a lot of these '80s things. Uh, other ones that I would include in this idea are the likes of Genesis with Mama. I think that's a little bit of a novelty hit because it's just this big complicated, well not complicated, well, well spare, but. Um, Big, big sort of drum beat, um, but it's very electro and there's synthesizers. It's basically vocals and synthesizers and, and um, you know, treated drums. Uh, and so it's quite a novelty hit. It's also a novelty hit for that, for the nonsense vocal of the ha ha ha, that whole thing that, uh, that Phil does in there as well. So it has a few reasons for being a novelty hit, but it definitely was a hit and you do hear it on the radio a lot. Um I thought to keep it prog, I thought Peter Gabriel Games Without Frontiers fits in this whole idea as well. Peter adopted a lot of uh, of technology and quirky sounds. And, and that song just quite plainly is a novelty hit. It was a hit because of the freshness of all the weird sounds uh, that you hear in that song. It's just a very foreign, strange sound, and a lot of it is electronic, so it fits our theme. Uh, you know, I did a whole episode on this before about keyboards in hard rock. Um, 
So I won't go too deep into it, but you know, you could consider subdivisions by Rush and Jump by Van Halen, both somewhat novelty hits. They are hits because we were shocked by what the band was doing in it. They were doing something that were, that was not their style because they are considered quintessential hard rock guitar bands, bands that, that are based around guitar. And now these two songs are based around an actual synth riff. Um, Another kind of minor example, but I thought it was interesting that I could bring up Phil Lynott again, Yellow Pearl. He had a hit with that, and it's a total techno song. It's a little disco as well. So there you go. There's there's our fifth example of a, a type of style that is not the style of the band. We did reggae, we did disco, we did mellowness, we did heaviness, and we did synths, essentially. Um, so hope you like that. I thought that was pretty cool. And I think um, this idea of what makes a hit single and even the idea of novelty in hit singles uh, is rich for another episode or two. Um, if you like this episode and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi, rhymes with no fee, uh, Kofi.com slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button. Buy me a coffee or a pint. On that front uh, for this week, I would like to thank a bit of a bit of a short list this time, but I absolutely Absolutely appreciate you guys. Uh, Bruce Campbell, David Fisher, Kevin Latham, Augustin Garcia de Paredes, uh, Brian Sager, and Andrew Smith. Uh, thanks also to Augustin. He is now busy uh, doing a, a second proofread of my new sweet book. Um, so that's going to go to layout soon. It's going to be called uh, Rebel Rouser, a Sweet User Manual. Uh, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your hard rock and heavy metal and uh, old dad rock and classic rock and the odd punk book um, needs. Um, there are PayPal buttons there for everything. I am now sold out of the Angel book. That's gone. The Van Halen book is gone. Um, but I still have the Thin Lizzy coffee table book. I still have the Blue Oyster Call coffee table book. I still have the Iron Maiden trilogy, the Thrash trilogy. I think right now I can supply the entire New Wave of British heavy metal trilogy and assorted other books i've got both ufo books blah 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 um but yeah things go in print they go out of print some stay out of print some some will come back into print thanks very much uh go play some of this stuff uh go play some focus hocus pocus uh for your ultimate hard rock novelty hit i think that's probably your best example talk to you later find all of our shows notes social and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at The RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. 